beautiful human. If you are craving real talk and genuine connection, then you find yourself in the right place. Welcome to the Human Hour Podcast with Christine Barnes and Katie Kurtz, your perfectly imperfect co-hosts who subscribe to the notion that the more real, the better. We have conversations that go straight to the heart of the matter and leave you feeling a little less lost and a little more connected. Welcome back to the Human Hour podcast with your co-host, Katie Kurtz. And Christine Barnes. How's it going? It's going. (laughs) Yes, I hear you. Um, Welcome back, everyone. It feels like forever since we've done this, but it also has been forever because life is just funny that way. It is funny, and it's not going to feel that way for you who is listening because all of these are coming out by the week. Um, but what you don't know is that it's been some time in between uh, our recording dates. Um, and let's just be real. Life has happened. Uh, we've been talking a lot about in this season about not having your shit together and being in transitions and growing pains. And we felt that it was only appropriate to take time and space in this episode to talk about what that means for our businesses because both Christine and I have really felt a lot of change and transition occur with our side hustles and uh, we just want to get real about it and talk about it and kind of lay it all out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think that this conversation, while I am very nervous to have it, um, just because it really is putting all of our cards out there, right? So very vulnerable about something that we're in the middle of. Um, but I think this conversation is, again, why we have the podcast. I don't know of a lot of other women and people for that matter that are vulnerably sharing where they're at um, without trying to make it super glossy so it looks good and so someone definitely takes something away from it. You know what I mean? Like the reason that we have these conversations, even with them being hard for us as we're in the middle of trying to figure everything out, for ourselves, for our businesses, um, and trying to help others out in the process. The thing is, it isn't always neat. It isn't always pretty. And a lot of the times it feels like this giant mess that we're just trying to sort out. Yeah. And I think there's this notion too that at least for me, if I'm going to be taken seriously, that I have to have it everything put together. I have to be professional. I can't let on that, you know, I'm doubting myself or the direction I'm going, or I want to change my mind because then I'm portraying an image to another person and they may create a conception of me that they may not trust me or like me or, Mm -hmm. you know, buy into what I'm offering. Mm -hmm. And yet when I see women I admire who are business owners or entrepreneurs or writers or speakers or whatever, and they're 
honest and human and real, that makes me like them more mm-hmm. and respect them more and want to buy more things from them. So it's interesting, the delicate balance. Um, but also like, you know, you wouldn't say that to somebody who's offering you a really needed service. Like if you're, you know, butchers questioning the meat that they're about to sell you, like you probably shouldn't buy it because it's questionable. <laughs> like doubt shouldn't occur, <laughs> occur in some things. Um, mm-hmm. That's a really radical example. I don't even know who goes to a butcher, but uh, <laughs> it's it's a fine line. And I think for me, this is something I'm really craving to talk about and I'm craving to talk about in a brave space with other women because I know that um, although I fully believe and live out loud women supporting women, mm-hmm. not everyone does. Uh, and some people say that and they don't live it mm-hmm. and it can be painful and, um, and it's, it, it can scar, create scars and, and distrust. And that's, um, that that's hard. Uh, especially when you're a solopreneur and you really rely on um, the support and elevation of other women. So we're going to dig into where we are at, um, where we've been and where we're going a little bit and what our individual businesses look like right now um, and talk about the I don't knows and what ifs and well, that didn't work. Um, Uh because that's what we do on this podcast. (laughs) Uh Yes. And along with that, all the feelings that have come up, all of the doubts, the concerns, the insecurities, those what ifs are huge because I feel like they take a lot of my remaining brain space. Um, So yeah, just all of it. And I think, think the thing that is going to come through too is that while we may be speaking directly about our businesses that we are building and navigating, um, I think a lot of what we're talking about can really be portrayed or relayed to other life areas too. Um, Absolutely. Because that's what I think that's what it comes down to too is while we might be talking about what it takes to be a solopreneur and to run a heart-centered like soul-fueled business um you know the same things that same devotion and commitment and authenticity um goes into relationships too um and then there's other types of work, the relationships that we have with ourselves, just trying to live a balanced life overall and a life that we're happy to live. Figuring out what balance even is. Right. What is it? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Um, so let's get into the nitty gritty. I feel like the best thing would be to maybe do a recap of the ideas that we had for our businesses coming into this year Mm -hmm. and then how much that has changed in the span of 
two months. Yeah. Eight weeks, nine weeks at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Three years, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'll go. Uh, So just a really quick brief overview, if you don't know me. Um, Ten years ago, I graduated from grad school with a social work degree, master's degree, and distinctly remember like on graduation day, thinking about the impending student mountain of student loans I had and starting my first job with my new fancy license being like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this, but I was also really good at it and I was scared and I didn't know what else I would do. And I was told you have to do this really hard work to get to something better. But I always knew I had this unsettledness, but I also knew I always had this desire to serve other people. And so you know, six years later, I started kind of opening up to the world of coaching and personal development and all of that. And so three years ago, when I became a coach and launched Soul Connect, I had finally felt like I had some sort of idea of what I wanted to do with my life, except I didn't. I also had this feeling like, oh, this probably will change. Um, but in launching Soul Connect, I thought I was going to be a coach. I was going to do one-on-one work. I was going to do coaching programs, hopefully leave retreats and continue to do gatherings. And I've worked full-time um, with a pretty demanding full-time job in addition to doing Soul Connect and like teaching yoga and having a podcast and being a human. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I – and each year has been – totally an evolution and I've tried ideas and they failed or I've tried things and they've soared and all of that. So when I entered preparing to enter 2019, I was working with a business coach and trying to get really solid on like, okay, this is going, I meant 2019 is a big year for me. It's uh, 10 years of being in my full-time career path, which means hopefully knock on wood, 10 years um, and my student loans will be forgiven because I'm in a very special student loan forgiveness program. Um, But, you know, U.S. government, who knows? And so um, I'm very grateful and privileged to have that opportunity for loan forgiveness. It's just also something that has been hanging over my head and has felt like a jail for 10 years. Um, It's a very... Um, there's a lot of unknown with it. And so I have built, I went into this year with this build up, build up of, okay, I have to really up level my business so that if in 10 years, like I can get my loans forgiven, I can start thinking about the next phase of my career and what I want to do in my business. And so I started creating all these goals and I'm going to have all these launches and these programs. And I built out an entire calendar for the year and I um, started creating all these strategies and I had a coach and I had all these plans and uh, I was also moving. Um, like I moved the, f- the first of the year. Um, and so it was, it was a lot and I was, you know, working and then coming home and then trying to write a million Instagram posts and blog posts and like launching a new program and it was just a lot. And I was feeling really overwhelmed by it and seeing 
myself fall down the rabbit hole of comparison because I was doubting I could do this. And I was like, how can I, like, I have to do it. I was putting all this pressure I created on myself. And um, because I created this idea as if, if I can't do this, then I can't do this, this being this whole, like being an entrepreneur thing. And which is crazy, but I, uh, found myself comparing myself to other women. I was like, how come they, like, how are they doing all of this? What seems effortless, like marketing and sales and strategy. And everyone's like, oh, you just do this and that and funnel this and that. And I'm like, fuck funnels. Like who do not hear me and saying I have a full-time job? Like who has time for this? Uh -huh. <laughs> like I, I work harder than most people with a side hustle and that it's just really hard. And no one really talks about side hustles and having this dream you're nurturing plus working. Um, it's always like, oh, you quit your job and then you do it. And it's like, oh, listen. and I see you shaking your head and I know you're going to talk about that. But um, yeah, like I feel it, it all just started to become really overwhelming and I started to not enjoy it. And uh, I had to have some hard conversations with myself and with some other people about like, you know, this just isn't working and maybe this isn't like, it shouldn't be this hard. Like it's going to be hard and I'm not, I don't shy away from hard work. Um, and I've been doing the hard work for three years, but this is just too hard. Like maybe I'm forcing something that doesn't need to, isn't meant to be. Mm. And so I had to make the bold decision to step back. Um, and release um, my coaching programs and really just focus on pausing and letting new ideas brew and just focusing on the gatherings and um, throw the calendar and the plan and the funnels out the window and say, I think I love what Soul Connect is, but I think that it's time for it to blossom into something new mm -hmm. and but it's hard mm -hmm. it is hard and you absolutely you always blow me away with how hard you do work because your full-time day job if you will is um that it's a tough job there is a lot that comes with that. So then for you to be able to come home after a full eight, nine, 10 hours of that and still have the capacity to create and devote to Soul Connect and to wanting to spread your message even wider, you always blew me away with that. And I do think it is incredibly brave of you to say that, oh, maybe it is time that Soul Connect becomes something else, something greater. Um, maybe this part of this dream that I've had has run its course and maybe it's time to just let that sit and then welcome in whatever else is going to come. And that, I mean, that's a tough choice to make. That's even like, a very hard conversation to have with yourself. Um, 
But so let me ask you this. So how do you feel or how, how have you managed this idea of resting, of giving certain things up, or at least putting certain things on the back burner while focusing on getting back to a place where you feel good about everything and you don't feel run down or burnt out. What has that looked like? Um, really hard. Uh, I don't, I don't want to rest. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of energy. I have a lot of creative energy. I don't get to expel it or use it a lot during the day. Mm. And so it's built up and I want to use it and I have a lot of ideas and I just have this insurmountable unwavering knowing and like force within me that I need to be sharing it and I can't figure out how or what that is. Um, and I'm now on the edge of something, but like I'm back to this place of like, what is that? And Mm -hmm. I know I need to rest and allow things to percolate and just marinate, but I feel it's hard. I I have this really weird FOMO, like I'm going to miss out on the right time or the like, I see everyone doing all these great things. I'm like, oh, why can't I just come up with that idea? Or like, I have these gatherings. This is what I love. It's what I want to do. I want to be going all over the country and doing these gatherings for women, but I can't right now. Um, And so I know I need the time to get get the foundation and build the next phase, which is going to be bigger and better and wonderful. But I struggle with, like I sit there and I'm just like twiddling my thumbs. Like, well, I just really, it's, it's hard for me to turn it off. Um, Cause I love it so much. And it's, it's, I've never felt this way about any other type of work. So again, I think it's my legacy. It's my life's work. So that's why it's, it feels so big. Um, mm. And it's interesting. I wrote a blog post recently about this random text I got from my our uh, mutual friend, Brittany Cochran, who we need to have on the podcast side note, mm-hmm. um, who's an astrologer and she's wonderful. And she like out of nowhere, I was like, Katie, I had this weird like insight into your birth chart. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and she like sent me like all of these texts about how like Pluto or some planets and some other planet and, but it's saying how like I'm questioning everything and I'm giving my power away by like comparing and asking other people for permission or for ideas and that like, I need to reclaim my power. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so right. And it's like, Oh yeah, the universe has my back. Like this is part of the story. Um, and I have to let that be okay. And it's a daily permission of like trying to take it easy, even though it's not easy and allowing create more creativity to bloom and blossom and brew within me, but trusting the timing of my life. And it's hard. It's hard not to feel, I feel better now, but at first it felt like I was failing Mm. that I failed. Like, Oh, you couldn't, you know, that doubt you had that you couldn't be a business owner, like, oh, you couldn't do it or you couldn't up level and sell out that program or do that. And 
like, why not? Like she gave you that marketing funnel and you didn't do it. And like that is normal and that's part of it. But um, it's, it's also different when you don't have like, when you're a coach and your products are your, like you, <laughs> you know, I'm not selling like a widget or a soap or something like, it's it this kind of hard work is um, an investment in your becoming and a, pe- a lot of people don't want or see the value in that investment and so it's and it's hard to be like salesy or selly or marketing and so mm-hmm. I feel like the fear is double what it would be if you were selling a physical product because it is you you're putting your heart on the line mm-hmm. and takes a very special form of courage to do that and do it consistently too right. Um, but that was the, okay. So that was the next question that I was going to ask you. So something that I wrestle with regularly is that failure mentality. And for me, so that is just something that's inherently ingrained in me and I laugh. It's not funny. Nope. But it is thing that I recognize. And so for something that is so near and dear to our hearts, right? These businesses that we, the ideas that we've nurtured for so long, and then we finally get the courage to put ourselves out there and continue to shift and find our way and find the way that works with us and the lives we want to live and the way that we want to lead. Um, how how can we not feel like failures when things don't go as expected? I think that it's just changing what f- f- the definition of failure and your relationship with failure is. And like, I think in the past this would have completely derailed me. And and to be honest, it did derail me for a while. Um, But it's, it's not a failure. It's just trying. And then it's like just shifting directions. Like I've, we've talked a lot about in the season, like shedding layers and Mm -hmm. humming and evolving. And I just have, and, uh, I have to look at reconnect with who I am and look at what I can, my gifts and how I can serve the world with them in a, just a different way. The way I was doing it wasn't, it did work, but now I can make it better and more um, momentous. So I think that, you know, if you, I have that, my business doesn't define me and too. So like this, um, I had to step back and say like, this didn't, this doesn't define who I am. It doesn't define who, who I am as an entrepreneur. This is part of par for the course. And it's part of um, the evolution. And it's going to be part of my story that I tell. And it's just going to pivot me into a new place. Um, and then I'm not falling back. I'm just moving forward Um, and that failure kind of opens you up to the possibility of what could be better rather than 
closing all the doors. Um, I just finished a great book called The Originals. Um, and it talks about like being a nonconformist and like not settling for the status quo or the default. And it says how um, like, I think like 30, percent of entrepreneurs like still had day jobs and like try like has have a lot of ideas instead of just like that one idea and I always think like oh, they just had this one idea and they did it it's like no they had like 40 and um I really loved that that book we'll have to put it in the show notes it was really mm-hmm. good it's kind of co- like common sense but really good about how um like the role procrastination plays and failure plays and being original and being you know, standing out and doing your thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, the book, you should read that book. Who wrote it? I feel like I've heard of it. Who wrote it? Um, that is a great question. Thank you. Let's see. Adam Grant. Well, okay. You don't have to be the first to be an original and most successful originals don't always arrive on schedule. They're fashionably late to the party. Mm. And I'm just, you know, just running behind. I like that. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Well, I'm excited for you. I also know that whatever it is, whichever path you take, whichever exit you take off of the freeway, um, wherever entrepreneurship brings you, I know it's going to be extraordinary. And just because I know you have this longing to create something that is so genuine and so badass and something that isn't like anything that we see anything that fills our feeds right now um i mean and you're full of wisdom like i actually just call listening to you like oh my gosh can i just can she just tell me this every day um so wherever wherever you end up is going to be incredible. It's just this in between the journey can sometimes feel like more of a, um, hmm, a tough trek than a smooth walk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like, thank you first and foremost, but secondly, it's no fun when you have to just walk on a smooth pavement right? Because then you're, you kind of like lose track of time and you kind of get bored. And if you have a rocky path that you're hiking up, it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you present. Mm-hmm. And so I've certainly stayed present, but I think, uh, you know, when we think about doubt um, and navigating doubt, and I've definitely been feeling a lot of doubt these last eight weeks. The reason why I don't completely surrender to doubt is that my commitment to my, this unwavering knowing within me is so strong that it just shuts it down. So that's kind of how you combat doubt is really connecting to that commitment and that knowing and that why. But 
um, yeah, we'll see. Like I'm excited mm-hmm. and both mm-hmm. scared and, you know, I just have to come back to trust and trusting the unfolding of my path and where I'm going and I'm arriving on time in mm-hmm. my own way. But like how, how do you many women you think are out there who have their own businesses who have been in the same position where they try something and it doesn't work or they can't sell out that thing. Or they're like saying, you know, that, that whole like marketing play, by the way, where people are like only two spots left. And really there's like 12 and it's like this gimmick to make you think people think that they scarcity, the scarcity of it. Like how many people actually are going through stuff like this and they just don't share it because they're too afraid that they're failing or falling behind. I want to go out on a limb and say a majority of women because mm-hmm. no one, no one's having this conversation. Like the fact that you said 33% of people have full-time jobs that they are committing themselves to along with an idea, a business, a side hustle that they're also nurturing. That is, that's a higher percentage than I thought it would be Mm -hmm. and it's also because the idea of having one job and then a second job your business side hustle another commitment like the idea of doing both of those things isn't as glamorous as oh I have this business that I started and then I left my job of however many years and now I'm killing it in this business that I've wanted to have all along. Like, you know, it's like the same as romantic comedies, you know, it's just so easy to buy into. And that story is so much easier to tell than, well, this is actually what it is. This is what's involved um, these are the feelings and thoughts that I have on a very regular basis. Um, no, I don't have my shit together. Um, and it's okay. Like I'm figuring things out one day at a time and that's, that's all I can do. Yeah. I want, I did pull up the, the quote from the book because I did botch it. Um, <laughs> okay. so it's it more, no, I just, recalled it differently. Um, It says entrepreneurs who kept their day jobs had 33% lower odds of failure than those who quit. If you're risk averse and have some doubts that the feasibility of your ideas, it's likely that your business will be built to last. If you're a freewheeling gambler, your startup is far more fragile. Wow. But that also makes sense. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So let's okay. turn the tables. What's going on? Okay. So going into this season, right? And going into 2019, I was a full-fledged entrepreneur. Um, if we rewind, rewind the tapes a little bit, January of 2018, I had left my day job. Um, It was a toxic environment and it just wasn't cutting it for me anymore. And to be honest, there weren't that many 
perks of having that job. Um, as in, I was barely paying my bills, not having health insurance, like all of these things. And so it just got to the point of why am I stressing myself out for something that isn't really, is damaging, is hurting me more than it's helping me. Um, so I left my job. So January 2018, gen through January of this year, 2019, this whole past year, those 12 months have been such a learning process and also an unlearning process because when when you make uh, a move like that it is inevitably going to stir up a lot of other shit so with that also came family problems um that kind of came to a head um and if I'm being completely honest, I mean, that stuff will never be settled like that. There will always be some aspect of that that I am contending with. Um, and then, so, so yeah, I mean, it was a lot of me finding my way. I feel like I found my voice. Um, and that's something I'm super proud of. And... With this podcast, too, I mean, that helped me stand tall. And then I started, I did my first event, and, you know, like, I had these really great moments, and then really, really, really deep lows, and that's entrepreneurship. It's also life. It's one big roller coaster, and we can't see what's coming at us. All we can do is trust that we're capable of handling, overcoming, conquering whatever comes at us. Um, so, like you said, the whole thing of quitting your day job and going into business and having it just be this outrageous success that didn't happen for me. Um, and so towards the end of 2018, I made a choice because I want to, there are certain things that I want to accomplish, like moving out of my house and living on my own um, and other things along those lines that if I want that to happen sooner rather than later, that I'm going to need more money coming in than what was happening. Um, if I want to continue to travel and have these adventures and go see all these places, then I need more income. And so I made the decision to start looking for a job, um, a full-time job, on top of still writing and creating and coaching and figuring out what that really looks like. And then so January of this year, January 2019, I was offered a position that is right up there with one of my dream jobs. And so the end of January of 2019 was when I 
um, accepted and started working. So with that being said, <laughs> I've been working a lot since then with this job. So I'm a tasting room manager for a brewery here in New Jersey that is growing and gaining notoriety. Um, and it's super exciting. And with that being said, everything else has kind of like come to a halt. Um, so that means the writing, um, coaching, and anything like that. Um, even a program that I was working on, um, all of that came to a halt so I could throw myself into this position. So it's been this interesting um, internal, I don't want to use the word debate, but the, just this like, this very interesting internal dialogue that I've been having since, since the end of January. Yeah. I feel like first and foremost, I remember when you quit your job mm -hmm. and it was so like such a courage move. And then seeing and witnessing you really light that courage on fire with everything and then hitting those blocks of um, just moment, like momentum mm -hmm. and, and not being able, like you'd run up and then just kind of roll back mm -hmm. and that created a lot of doubt and uncertainty and the reality is is like you need money to make money and mm -hmm. that can be really a stigma sticky situation when we're talking about investing in yourself with coaching mm -hmm. it's a different world and so I feel like you and I both could agree that our coaching program um, the beautiful you coaching program really helped understand the exchange and energy exchange of money and, and not feeling guilty or bad for charging people because it is an investment mm -hmm. and it helps us serve on an, by having money. We have, we can serve people at a higher level, but with that being said, like, you know, if you're not selling out your programs or things like that and you are your full, it's your full-time gig, like you, and you don't have money coming in anywhere else. Like you kind of need mm -hmm. the basics. And so I, felt like it was such a bold, brave move of you to say like, you know, I'm going to have to get a job to support me. And it's something I like, but it's not maybe where I thought I would be. Mm -hmm. And then seeing you pursue that and navigate that, but not giving up mm -hmm. has been really inspiring for me to see. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I feel like I mean, I feel there is a piece of me that feels like a failure because I had to get a I had to get a full time job, and then there's another piece of me that feels like a failure because I haven't been able to commit any time to writing to pick up like where I left off in January with my own personal things, like the things that really bring me just this deep sense of pride and fulfillment. Um, and I think 
what I keep coming back to is that it's all a journey, right? Like at the end of the day, what is happening and what I'm going through is all going to serve me in one way or another. Um, And I know that I will get back to writing and sharing more of my story um, and whatever form that ends up taking. And right now this isn't the final, this isn't the final chapter. Like this isn't the end all be all it's part of it. And it's, super exciting. Like the things that I'm getting to do and the things that I'm setting myself up to do is great considering that I love craft beer and I especially enjoy being in the industry. Um, So it's been fun to be on this side of things. Um, And I think with any, with any big life changes, there is an adjustment period, right? And like so many other things, for me, I really like, I had my expectations way up there that I I was like, oh, okay, just give me one week, it'll be fine. And then I'll be like, running the show, I'll be doing everything, like, it will be a piece of cake. Well, no, (laughs) for me, it took a month, (laughs) a month of adjusting, and I'm now just feeling like I have a handle on things there so I finally can have the headspace and the capacity to write an Instagram caption or um, you know write up an email for my list those things Um, so yeah it's been something it's been it's been a journey and it's so easy for me to fall into the comparisonitis like I'm less than, like, I'm a failure. It's so easy for me to go to that mindset, which is why it's also incredibly important that I remind myself that this is all just part of my story. Yeah. I feel like if I didn't have women in my life, like, all the people in my life, but specifically I have this, like, little gang of women who are also in the same kind of business boat, if I didn't have like you and some other folks who have kind of held my hand and helped me walk through these fires of fearing failure and all of this stuff that it would be so hard and I would have probably given up Um, because it, it is like falling into comparison, but then also like getting resentful, like looking at other women, like, and I'm, I'll, own it like I've looked at other women in comparable fields and being like like what the fuck like how come she's doing this and I can't or like she must have a professional photographer following around all day long like what Mm -hmm. is this or like is she really making that much money like or is it just you know whatever and it's ugly and it's not women supporting women but it is what it is and Mm -hmm. um I have to recognize that jealousy and envy within me and that's, it's all fueled by scarcity and not feeling enough. And that's Mm -hmm. what it always boils down to. So, um, but having you and other women who can help me talk through this and process it and like bounce ideas off of and like mirror back to me that like, this is just a pivot. This is just what I need to do um, has been so huge for me. Sure. Yeah. And something that is worth noting 
and reminding people of and shouting from the highest rooftop is that these pivots, these turns, these choices don't make any of us less than. Like, we are not any less of a businesswoman, of a woman in general, because we've made a choice to take a step back from something, to um, go fully into getting other things as in order as we can, you know, like trying to trying to clean up one mess. So that way when we are able to focus more time and energy on something that we're so passionate about, that way that our mind space is fully there and we're not worrying about the other thousand things that we have going on. Um, And I think that's something that this notion isn't shared, that just because we're taking, just because our path looks different, I mean, it doesn't make us any less than, any any less worthy, any less deserving either. I mean, it's just, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. What do you think the most human moment has been in your business this year? Oh my goodness. Um... Hmm. Gosh. Um, probably having to have that tough conversation with myself of, all right, Christine, either we can continue down this road of putting everything out there and hoping something sticks and having clients want to sign up and hoping that that's enough to pay the bills and then some, or the other option of, all right, working for someone else for the time being so you can remove yourself from one situation and get yourself to this other level that you really need to be at for sanity's sake. I think that's, I mean... And I know that's what I just hit on, but I think it's something that is mostly conceived as a failure and it's something that we should be talking about more because people end up having to work for someone else, you know, like secure income from another place for so many different reasons. But I feel like it's so, it does have a stigma attached to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? If you had to pick only one, only one time or only one human moment. I think it was just the saying out loud, like I need to step back. Mm. I really don't want to, but I had to really admit to myself and then to others that like, I need to pause and step back and recalibrate. Um, And I'm not quitting, but just that I can't keep going the way I'm going. And that I think, and just admitting that I need to breathe a little bit and reconnect with myself and reintroduce myself to who this new version or new unlayered 
person is and that, you know, everyone else around me was like, of course, like it was fine. It was just me building it up in my head and the hardest person to admit that to was myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. I also think, and this is something I've been thinking about too, when we are just so busy, when we fill our days with so much, it's so much easier for us to get lost in that go, go, go mentality and just keep creating, keep producing, keep sharing because eventually something will stick rather than taking a minute to pause to come back to why exactly am I doing this? Like, why did I start this? Why am I choosing to go down this path? Um, And that is some, it's so important to check in. And I know you and I are on the same page with that. Even if we do get carried away, eventually we will come back to like, oh yes, we need to remember what's important to us and us alone before we end up over committing ourselves and our schedules are booked out until the, the end of time. So Christine, what are you saying or currently saying a hearty hell yes to? So when it comes to my business, um, my side hustle, this thing that I was working so hard on for 2018, um, The thing I am saying a hearty hell yes to um, would be not giving up. So knowing that life is full of twists and turns, there's going to be things that pop up and um, distractions and roadblocks and um, different choices that we often make for whatever reason. And so right now, my path has taken me to a place where my business is no longer my full-time focus um, because I accepted a position that has become my full-time and then some focus, which is great. Um, And that means that my business and my passion project and all these ideas that I have have taken a step back, but they're not out of the picture completely. And so me saying a hearty hell yes to knowing that I will get back to all of that at one point when I'm ready and when I have the energy and the time to to vote to all of that instead of burning myself out trying to do all the things. And I think that's a big lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel that for sure. Mm-hmm. But you have to get... And I know, I, I know that I can say this to, to you and you'll get it too. You have to get to that point. We've both done everything that we can to try to do all the things. And then we've both felt the side effects or the results of that. And then you're just depleted. Oh yeah. In all areas of your life too. And that, what is that actually like is that actually serving you right but I feel like like you said like you can say that to somebody Mm -hmm. you have to come to that realization yourself like I know for me I'm so stubborn when it comes to the pursuit of my passions that Mm -hmm. 
everyone can be like, Katie, you need to rest. Katie, self-care, self-care. And it's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then it's like, no, I, until I come to that realization myself, then do I actually take that advice? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what about you? What are you saying a hearty hell yes to these days? Right now it's just, and not just, I, I'm retracting that word because I'm not justifying how I feel or what I want. Uh, that, my friends, is an example of how we can use our power of language. Uh, just a little sliding in that side note because we know I'm obsessed with that. Mm-hmm. But for me, my hearty hell yes is to, like what you said in uh, one of the other episodes, The Unknown. And I, this kind of surrender to rest and to pause uh, and not get caught up in the fear, but rather faith uh, in that the, you know, I always talk about this unwavering belief, this is the work I'm meant to do, but I've kind of always known that when I created Soul Connect that it wasn't the end, like this wasn't the end all be all, that the next step was going to come. And so when I reached this year, I felt this inkling like something's going to shift, but it was scary. And like, I've built this thing and what do I, I just don't know what it is. And so, uh, I started trying to figure it out and I can't, you can't force that. You can't force purpose or passion. It has to come naturally. And I know from experience when I get out of my head into my heart, when I slow things down, that those things naturally flow in. And so I have to faith it till I make it and allow flow to happen and give myself that space. Mm-hmm. Mm. So good. Yeah. And that unwavering belief matching my unwavering belief with the unwavering trust that what is for me will not pass me and mm-hmm. trusting the timing of my life. And maybe the timing of my life right now is resting and not constantly being on the go. Mm-hmm. And I know that's such, like speaking from experience, I know that's such a hard thing that what is for you will not pass you. That's such an easy thing to say to someone. And it's such, such a hard thing to really take into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I mean, I think that is, I believe that. I believe what is for each of us doesn't pass us and even though we get caught up or fixated on one thing that something better or something um better for us in the long run is coming agreed yeah um so yeah Ooh. good transitions man i know we got a lot of them yes and they're not all bad no, I mean, I think this, these are the conversations I wish I was hearing. So it's so good to really expose the underbelly of what so many people go through behind the screens. Uh, and that's not usually shared because it's, it's, there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of indecision. There's a lot of analysis paralysis. There's a lot of doubt and fear and, you know, the rearing ugliness of fear that comes with competition and comparison, like we talked about. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there, this is just, 
you know, I'm the first to admit that I've had all of those things and I experience a lot of them on the daily basis, but that doesn't discredit the work we do and it doesn't discredit the voice I have and it doesn't discredit the gifts I'm able to share. You can still be a teacher but not know all the things and you can still lead without feeling like you know everything or being an expert in anything. So if you're out there and you're like, but I can't do this because I'm not ready or I don't feel, you know, a certain way or half, you know, you're putting those expectations on yourself. Just be gentle and remind yourself that like you don't have to be a certain thing to do a certain thing. Mm -hmm. And that a different choice is never weakness. If you have to, if you want to choose a different path or if, you're going down a different road for the time being. You're trying something new. It's never weakness and it should never be shunned upon. Um, but unfortunately, there's this misconception that if we don't have all of our ducks in a row, that we're failing. I always love that there is a quote. I, I saw it one time and it said like, I don't have ducks. I have squirrels and they're at a rave. <laughs> like idea of like, have you ever seen ducks in a row? And I think we've talked about this on this podcast. Like that's just such a silly thing. Like my yeah. life is always like squirrels at a rave. They're everywhere. It's just chaos. Yes. But it's, you know, messiness, chaos, pain, all these like big heavy words we always talk about. And especially in the season, it's, it's part of life. So, if we keep anticipating the, the, the pain or the fear or whatever and don't lean into it, it it's going to be scary until you f- come face to face with it and befriend it and make it embrace that coexistence. Yes, absolutely. And why we're having these conversations, because they might not be easy, but us having the conversations and sharing that we're still actively in it. We are both still transitioning across so many different areas of our lives, um, but we're still here. Yeah. Good talk. <laughs> Always. Always. All right, friends. Um, yeah. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out our mini-sodes where we dive deeper into growing pains, um, deeper, but they're shorter cuts of growing pains. Um, and also be sure to listen to the rest of season two if you have yet to. Yes. Um, and then definitely give us a rating and a review on iTunes to help us reach more people, spread the vulnerability, if you will. That's a scary sentence to say. <laughs> The courage that comes with vulnerability. Yes. And the realness. And the humanness. Yeah. Until next time, friends. Stay tuned. And stay human. We love bringing you everyday conversations along with real talk with amazing guests. If you liked what you heard, be sure to rate and review or screenshot the episode and tag us on Instagram at the Human Hour Podcast. Stay tuned. And stay human. Stay human.